is Jetstream Jack, and you're listening to the most preem podcast there is, the SWN Podcast. I mean, where else are you going to find out who your favorite wrestlers, dinosaurs are? Only here. Superkicks.com offers cool streetwear and apparel at great prices. Shipping worldwide, thanks to the guys at Superkicks, you can get 10% off your order by using the code SWN at the checkout. That's superkicks.com, pro wrestling apparel. Welcome to the latest edition of the SWN Podcast. I am your host, Billy. Uh, I'm joined this week with Pure Evil Incarnate, uh, the devil on the shoulder of professional wrestling, uh, Alistair Adams. Don't want to get the name wrong straight away. Alistair Adams, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you. Good to be here. How's it going? It's going good, yeah. Well, about as good as it can be with our current situation, but yeah. Yeah, that's it. We're just trying to keep our keep ourselves busy some people like a lot of people are trying this podcast thing um much like myself but others are just trying to just keep the days going i suppose but uh yeah. we'll start with the most boring question as i said before we hit record uh how did you get into pro wrestling well uh as probably a lot of people give this answer as well but uh i was young and looking for something to do and I just kind of stumbled across wrestling randomly. I'm going to show my age here about how young I am in comparison to some other people, but uh, I found wrestling on YouTube. Uh, the The first match I ever saw was Edge versus Rey Mysterio. And uh, yeah, I just kind of kept going on from there. And eventually the first pay-per-view I saw was WrestleMania 25. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And yeah. Uh, yeah, it just kind of snowballed from there and ended up looking for classes and it all evolved from there. So yeah, yeah you have aged me terribly because yeah, my, the first WrestleMania <laughs> I remember watching was a VHS and it was, that's a videotape. Uh, that was, it was, uh, for, it was WrestleMania 15. So that's... That's a ten year difference. Ten year difference between WrestleManias. Um, so yeah, I've got, I've got, you've done interviews with us in the past uh, on the website. Yeah. For those that are interested, they can go on to swnscotland.com. Um, great plug. Didn't really mean it, but there we go. <laughs> uh, so two thousand six uh, was when you kind of started watching. It was Ray Mysterio, one of the ones that caught your eye immediately. Just the yeah, mask and uh, all that. Definitely all the high flying stuff. I was just kind of amazed that a human could do that. So. It just immediately hooked me. Uh, that match I saw as well had uh, The Undertaker do an interference. So immediately I was just like, what is going on here? <laughs> it's so confused. That's the thing. I mean, uh, it's depending on where you jump in. It doesn't matter what time. I, I always, it always seems to be that the time you watch it is the one that you find the best, even if it's something like, I don't know, lead years of 2010. Uh, for, some, for example, if someone started watching then, that's the best time. Yeah, like, for me, I really got sure. into it. Uh, rec- um, just, just at the tail end of attitude into ruthless aggression. So that's my f- best, that's favorite yeah. time, uh, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, so Edge, Undertaker, Mysterio. That's a pretty good, good uh, trio to start off with. Is there any other ones that caught your eye initially that you became big fan of? Uh, well, again, going back, going back to Ray, uh, I saw Royal Rumble two thousand six pretty early on as well. 
obviously he'd done his run from number two to the end. So pretty much all the guys in that rumble, uh, Triple H had a huge run in it. Uh, Randy Orton in the last last two, uh, those guys were kind of my go-to favorites from then on. All the guys who made their name in the ruthless aggression as well, John Cena, Orton's big run. 2006 was that the one I, I could be totally wrong here was that the one with Snipsky's uh elimination not 2005 uh of that, Paul yeah. London that was that was 2005 I think uh, there was uh Bobby Lashley just throwing Sylvan over the top rope in 2006 oh. that was awesome <laughs> Sylvan there's a there's a mention there's, you see Rene Dupree popping up everywhere you never see Sylvan anymore yeah that that rumble had some special ones in it that you've just never heard from again I thought that's the best thing about it. The Rumble's the best. We were just, what, a couple of days uh, off, well, a week away from uh, the from Rumble happening. And yeah, yeah it's, it's the best. It's the best. It's started with Road to WrestleMania. Uh, if, if you need to, uh, if you want to get into it, that's the time you get into it yeah. to get the Road to that's, WrestleMania. Stuff. That's when you learn everybody that's in the company, pretty much. Exactly. I mean, it's a bit harder nowadays when there's like a million uh, well, wrestlers yeah. in WWE, but definitely around about 06, I had everyone needed. Um, and that was it. You knew everyone. So how did you go? So you said you, you looked for training. Um, how did you go from I really I'm watching this, I'm loving it, to I want to do it? Was there? Did you have an athletic background? That go with uh, it. So at the time, I was maybe like 12, 13 when I started looking at it. I was doing other stuff, like I went to judo classes and stuff here and there, but it wasn't really like captivating for me because I just kind of had a vague interest. But with wrestling, it was something that I actually enjoyed. So when I found out, hey, I could go and learn this, then that was kind of like, okay, drop everything else and go for this. So the judo then, so when you actually started, I don't know uh, how the place you started, what their setup was for, like, if they started on mats or if you went straight to the ring. But with a judo background then, you, you had a bit of experience landing. Yeah. Did you find that so, a bit easier to do? Yeah, so with judo, obviously, you learn break balls pretty early on, and they're essentially the same for wrestling. So it kind of helped with not being really sore right away when I started, which uh, which helped a lot. So it was on mats when we started, so it was essentially the exact same. Um, so how long did it take between starting on mats to actually getting into a ring and... and Feeling uh, the pain of the ropes for the first time. So it was, uh, uh, we were training on mats for a few years, but uh, we would get to train in the ring every now and again, like before a, before a show or something. Uh, so that happened maybe about a year or so into training. And uh, when I first learned to hit the ropes, it's, uh, it's one of the big barriers if you're not starting in a ring right away because hitting the ropes and running back and forth is a feeling unlike anything else because you don't expect to just be thrown in one direction. If you can't keep balance, then you're hitting the floor. It's unnatural. It's, it's unnatural as well. I mean, if, if you throw anyone in real life towards something, they're not going to bounce up off it and come back to you. Yeah. So it's, it's a strange feeling. It's, it's one of those curious things where... Like I asked, especially in this latest run of podcasts, I seem to ask everyone about running the ropes because it's just so... Yeah. It looks so easy to to, to watch it. But I know from from, well, 
from uh, interviews and what have you, that it's just there's so much thought you have to put into that moment. Yeah. So so you got to make sure your back hits flat or at least enough so you're not burning yourself mm -hmm. on it. You got to make sure you take enough steps to turn. You got to you got to not fall yeah. over. You got it's like. I don't know how anyone could do that without just yeah. have brain exploding midway through it. <laughs> yeah, especially seeing like when you see someone new starting and they try to hit the ropes and you notice like these a million things that need to be changed right away because they're used to copying what they've seen. So you see them hit the ropes and the legs up like like John Cena does and you're like you're going to go right out the back of that ring. <laughs> Or the, the Rey Mysterio 2, uh, just going to the middle rope or something like that. Oh, yeah. Everyone getting the same William Regal treatment, shouting to, to ste step on the left foot and whatever it was. I'm totally wrong. If, if ever I watch this, I'm probably wrong and he's going to like tweet me and shout at me or something. Regal's going to be knocking on your door in any second. <laughs> I know. He's going to knock on the door and go, right foot. It's right foot. It's not left. <laughs> um, and I'll be like, I don't know what to do. Anyway, uh, can you sign my book? Uh, so <laughs> you went from from that. And when was how long did it take you? So a year from Matt's to the ring. How long did it take from that point to go into an actual match with people? Uh, so I started really young. So it took me a good while before I actually had a match. So started around twelve. So it was almost four years before I actually had a match in front of a. In front of a crowd so long time but you know, more practice for me so absolutely was it a, like a friends and family thing or were you just throwing this to deep end so with, with customers we done uh friends and family when i was a little bit younger because you know there's more room for error that way but uh the first main show i was on was i was 16 and i had these awful plain black tights and I had two matches on that show. The first match was uh, a match against a guy, and it lasted two minutes. Uh, so out I went, got put in a full Nelson, and that was it. Game over. Then the second match was a uh, a tag team battle royale, which is a. Uh, it sounds like a Vince Russo creation, but uh, it was a bunch of guys, and the last two winners would become the tag team champions, and. I won that match, which was a weird way to kick off a career. So yeah, two, two matches in, you're already a champion. Again, yeah. another question I ask a lot of people when they, if they've won titles, it's really awkward if I ask it and they haven't. But uh, what was it like being a fan and being able to be a champion and hold get hold of a belt? Because for me, I'm a belt guy. I love the look of yeah. a belt. I'll buy belts because I'm really sad. Unfortunately, I've got a mortgage now, so I can't buy them. Um, but yeah, what was it like getting the hold of uh, your first tag, your, your first championship in wrestling? It it was really surreal. Like even just being handed the belt over, I was like, "This is just." It didn't feel real, but it felt kind of like like I didn't deserve what was happening. But uh, even more recently, with the uh, Reckless Intent Tag Team Titles. Uh, there would be times when I'm just sitting in my room and and just kind of have the tag belt and just looking at it like this is just so bizarre <laughs> like it and I just kind of like hang it up in different places and like move it around the room until I lost it and then had to hand it over. <laughs> uh, well, no, I mean I never even won one other outside of an eBay uh, bidding war, 
But yeah, I, I know myself that you, you probably have that moment every morning. You look at it and go, just throw it over the shoulder and just just yeah. have a wander around <laughs> yeah. and then put it back down again. Well, the night I won it, uh, the first thing I did was head backstage. I didn't talk to anybody. I Because uh, in the Murison Scout Hall, Reckless Intense main venue, there is a little kitchen area. And the first thing I did was head to the back and put it in the fridge and take a photo. <laughs> the, the old CM Punk special. Yeah. <laughs> uh, why not? So, yeah, like I say, you're in that company. Um, have less than stellar reputation. That's why we're not mentioning the, the company's name. Yeah. Uh, but you did have a match with uh, Joey Legend. Uh, of course, yeah, you would have sure. been way too young to know of just Joe uh, from the yeah, WWF well. heat days. Uh, and then he, he went to TNA. So what was it like going into the ring with, with a, a veteran uh, like Joe? Uh, it was definitely one of the high points, for sure. Uh, I did make sure to do my research on him before the, the match went ahead, so I at least knew who he was, and we'd done a few seminars with him as well, so I at least knew Joe before we had the match. Uh, it was good fun. Like <laughs> Joe, uh, Joe tries to pop everybody during the match, so uh, he told us a story about uh, another match he had before we had our match and uh he told us about this guy he was wrestling who had a clothesline as a finisher and it was called the big effing clothesline and <laughs> so we're in our match and he lifts me up by the hair and he's about to run to the ropes and he leans in and goes big effing clothesline and i'm sitting there trying not to laugh as he hits the ropes and lines me and i backflip off of it <laughs> just so I can land on my face and try not to laugh into the canvas. Ah, uh, Joe Legend. I mean, it, I love his matches because he tells you what he's going to do, and it's the most it's the most logic breaking way to yeah. wrestle. Yet it's so so great to watch at the same yeah. time. I don't know why, because if you, if you're sitting there watching him go uh, uh, brainbuster, of course, being a favourite, uh, yeah. it shouts brainbuster. I'm thinking, why isn't the guy just going? I better not go up for a brain buster. I better just stay here. I'll leave the ring. I just, why am I going up for a brain buster? But uh, yeah, uh, Joe, Joe Legend, we did the rock and wrestle shows. I think I, I spoke to him, including a very, very awkward car journey where my car broke and I was going 30 miles an hour between Everness and Aberdeen or vice versa. It was a very long trip. Um, we spoke about anything but wrestling. So I'm assuming it was kind of the same as well outside the ring, yeah. outside of of uh, actual seminars we spoke about broadway shows and shows you'd go to in germany and uh my my, my girlfriend wife now girlfriend at the time um loved it because she ended up it was me crusher crabe joe legend mm -hmm. and kelly uh we were all in this uh renault clio which isn't a big car <laughs> so yeah, that, that was my previous car as well so <laughs> I, I get it it was the extreme version, which made it sound manly, but it, it wasn't. <laughs> uh, but no, she got there and she went, oh, I really like that Joe guy. We, we spoke about uh, Aladdin and, and all these Disney things. It was amazing. And then he came out as a heel. And she just looked so I, sad. <laughs> I do remember having a Disney conversation with him as well. <laughs> but no, it was just the sadness in her face just, just came apart going, oh, no, I see the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Best day. Uh, best. She'd only been like three shows at that point. So it was just like, ha! <laughs> <laughs> They're not all nice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so 
Uh, so you, you were with them for a number of years because uh, I saw your name pop up because I did the results for them when, when they were around. Right. And but eventually decided to move on to to uh, a company that was actually operating in the same area, Reckless and Tim. Yeah. Um, so what what made you decide to move over, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, I kind of hit a roof of I'm not getting anywhere anymore because uh, with that company I was essentially teaching more than I was training and I felt like I was in no position to be doing that so I essentially just one day just got fed up and contacted Reckless Intent and ended up there two days later at a training class and never looked back. Um, I know from previous interviews and things I've seen uh, with Michael Chase uh, he was mm -hmm. very much a well, he came from that school originally, so he was, yeah. he was like, right, I don't want to do anything that, that they've done or made him yeah. feel. So did you find it a very welcoming environment when you uh, yeah. went from the competition uh, yeah. to them? So right away, like, I, any guy from Reckless that you interview is going to say the same, that Michael Chase is an awesome guy. But uh, he, he really looked out for me because he knew where I came from. Uh, and he made sure to focus on me stepping up my game every week. Uh, and it was it was a big step because I went from essentially not progressing at all to uh, pushing myself every week because he was a ruthless coach. <laughs> he really wanted everybody to improve, so he would push everybody to do that as much as possible. Uh, I mean, even from... Just not just from an wrestling standpoint. I know um, when uh, I got contacted by Reckless Tent initially, uh, mm -hmm. just for they went, Do you want to do an interview with us? And I was like, All right, that's fine. It was 2013, 14 when it just started. And uh, it's been the, mo it's the most detailed interview that I ever did written because he sent me three pages on Word with his mm -hmm. answers. And I was like, Wow. Okay. And then he was, he was like one of my first actual interviews. So anyone, again, doing great plugs today. If you're on the YouTube yeah. channel, then it is on there. Uh, Mike, Mikey and Rollins, it's called. But uh, yeah, he was one of the first guys that were like, great, let's, let's do a full interview. So he is, he's one of those guys that just, I think he just sees something. I hope he just sees something and goes, right, I can, I can do something with this. I can yeah. push it forward a little bit more. Um, sure. So what was, what was it like getting to that? Was it a total different experience when you got into the ring for the first time with Reckless Intent with their uh, rabid fan, uh, fan base? Yeah, so uh, pretty much when I started with Reckless Intent, as soon as I walked through the door, there was ideas pre presented to me right away. So I was instantly, after a month or so training with them, I was sent out for my first show with them and immediately there was such a huge difference. Uh, the production value for one was way higher. Uh, the setup, the lights, everything was completely different to what I was used to. And then the fan base, so much louder, and they felt like Reckless Intent was their home. And I felt like I had to push myself harder to kind of fit in and prove myself to a new audience. So it was pretty intimidating, but I feel like now that I've become a mainstay with Reckless Intent, that they at least understand who I am and that I'm not a nice person <laughs> and they should hate me. Your character has evolved quite a lot over the years, uh, starting with uh, well, back back when you began, it was the uh, it was the, t the 
dyed hair and the yeah. bandana. Yeah. I I shot a panda eyes. I don't know if that's yeah. a technical term for it. Uh, was there any inspiration that you, that you took to, to come up with that, uh, or was it just a or was it even a way to I don't know uh, hide your emotions so you didn't have to kind of interact with? Uh, I don't know what I'm, I'm speaking about, but hopefully you understand what I'm saying there. Yeah. So uh, when I first started, I was just the generic good guy with no character, uh, and I hated it. I hated it so much. I, I hated coming out the curtain and yelling, come on, like every other good guy. The claps. Uh, yeah, the claps, <laughs> everything. It was awful. I hated it. So I was kind of pushed to get more of a gimmick. So I went with, uh, basically, I was a Steel Panther ripoff. I had the leopard print tights and the fluffy boots and everything. Uh, but it was just something about being a happy, clappy, good guy still. I just hated it so much. Uh, so eventually, I morphed it into a more bad character. That Even when I was still portraying a good guy, I kind of acted a bit more moody. And that's when it kind of clicked that, yeah, m maybe I should just be an overall bad guy. And uh, so it evolved from there. At first, it was just kind of moody, teenager, angsty bad guy with the, the eyeshadow and whatnot. And I enjoyed that at first until it kind of ran its course and there was nothing more I could really do with that character. And then I, when I started with Reckless Intent, it kind of morphed into a more demonic, Satanist kind of deal with uh, when I was tag teaming with Justin Deed and we became Divinity. Uh, fun fact behind that name, uh, when I joined Reckless Intent, I originally intended to change my character and be called Divinity myself until I pitched that idea to Michael Chase and he's like, that's a good tag name, we'll do that instead. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, ever since then, it kind of evolved more and more until up until the Deadly Sins, which of course takes more from religious aspects as well. And uh, yeah, that still evolving to this day certainly I mean, we'll, we'll definitely we'll definitely speak about all that kind of stuff um just for we'll, we'll kind of round off the starting point of your wrestling yeah. uh, journey with with just in was just asking um what what was like you said in like doing the happy clappy stuff um were mm -hmm. you comfortable performing in front of a crowd initially or was that something you had to kind of build uh, upon at the start, I was definitely like a deer in the headlights. Like, I was totally scared. Uh, I wasn't confident in what I was doing. Uh, even though things weren't going horrible or bad or anything, I just had no confidence in myself. But uh, it did evolve over time, and I got better. But at the start, for sure, I was absolutely terrified. Uh, I mean, I suppose at the end of the day, I tried... As long as they react, that's the most important thing. Yeah. The rest of it, you can try and kind of uh, control from that point onwards. So you came to Reckless Intent. Brandon Adams was the name at the time. Of course, not the yeah. name now. Um, you evolved this this moody goth character more. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't long before you were part of uh, Defenity. It was just Indeed yeah. and The Cure, Dells and Dare. Uh, so these are two, to you, brand new guys. Uh, you probably yeah. would have encountered them in training or what have you. Uh, so what was it like moving on to, again, Reckless Tent, but um, as part of a tag team and trying to get the ideas rolling with that? 
Yeah, so uh, the second I walked through the door with Reckless, uh, my hair was green at the time. Justin's hair was also green. So that was essentially like, oh, you two are together. <laughs> so uh, it went from there. At the time, Justin was aligned with Delson Dare as well. So all of us got put in together. And uh, essentially, me and Justin just went aside and were like, if we're together, then we should work stuff out and just be as good as we can together. So we started developing a move set, tag moves, uh, mannerisms, what we can do together. Uh, and it was really, I think me and Justin worked together because we were very different people. Uh, I was a very calm and collected person and Justin, uh, in the ring, his rage would take a hold. So I was kind of like his keeper in a way. I mean, and, and also with your experience, you probably would have had a bit more experience on Justin. Uh, I think Justin was a mm -hmm. fairly new name as well. So you got to kind of draw a little bit of your past doing teaching and yeah, build upon that as well. Um, so I can't remember the order of this. I'm, I'm going to guess now. Uh, but you became hardcore champion uh, during the, the first round of Divinity. That would be your first title outside of the other yeah. place. Um did that feel different uh, because you, you felt you'd actually kind of maybe earned it a bit more this yeah. time? Um, uh, how was that for you? It was uh, it was different, yeah. I felt like it was the first kind of championship that I would actually consider like a real accolade to put on my resume or whatever. Uh, even though the Hardcore Championship is a funny one because it was a 24-7 rule, so pretty much everybody got a shot. <laughs> like Everybody on the roster got to win it at some point. But uh, it was about a year into my run with Reckless that I won that title. So it definitely felt like I had at least earned something that time around. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love the Reckless 10 Hardcore title. I don't know if it's still, if it was uh, kind of I think it's semi-retired at this point. Yeah, I, all titles have, I suppose, at this point. But yeah, um, yeah. when Deacon Awesome won it, that was that was kind of. Mm. There was never anything official, so I always always had it on the on our uh, champions thing, but yeah. thought it was never defended again. So I wasn't sure. But yeah, some odd game. Doug Williams has won that title, so yeah. you've won the same title as Doug Williams and Darren Tegos. But yeah. so and Bobby Roberts. So I mean, there's some great names that have held that title over the years. Uh, we yeah, for sure. So, so from that point onwards, um, I mean, Reckless Ten. I was just having a look through your matches, just because that's yeah. uh, how I how I did my notes, just to pick out one or two. And there was mm -hmm. two names that just stood out to me of matches that you had. Yeah. Uh, one was the tag team match, which involved Grado. Yeah. The other one was BT Gun. Those two matches yeah. that came to mind. So they are two big names in Scotland. That's probably I would say yeah. going through your your match list. Outside of Joe Legend, of course, because he's the mm -hmm. biggest one, he's the best one. Uh, turn Trump there. Uh, what was it like going into the ring with Grado for the first time? So that was a lot of fun. Uh, in that match, I was actually working hurt. Uh, I had strained my knee pretty badly in training a few weeks before, but uh, I kind of pushed myself because I knew that match was coming up and I didn't want to miss it. So uh, I was tagging with Justin and Delson, I believe. Uh, so trying to plan that match was really fun because the the crowd we had were really loud for that show. 
so we were kind of trying to work everything around Grado getting the big pop for the hot tag and whatnot. The biggest pop we got in that match was when we were beating down Grado's tag partner and Grado came in and just broke up a pin and they exploded just for that. And that was pretty much the biggest thing he'd done for that whole match. And it just goes to show what kind of effect he has on a crowd when he can do something so simple and get such a reaction just for that. It's one of those things where you can look back and go, you just step back and go, wrestling's easy. Yeah. Why is, this is just simple. It's it's just, maybe, oh, man. Maybe I don't need to do a thousand flips after all. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, I, don't, um, I listen to wrestling daft quite a lot, and it's just fine to hear Grado speaking, but like, you know, if, if he does a bump in a match, then he, he'd be surprised. Because it's just that it's that easy for it to, to, to get a crowd reaction. Um, and that's kind of, I suppose, for you, you can be with a sore knee, but that's kind of how you want to, mm-hmm. that's how you want them to do it. You can do as long as possible and take as little bumps as possible, yeah. <laughs> and then you're golden. Um, so that was a tag team match, though. So you yeah. had other players involved. Uh, the one with mm-hmm. BT Gunthor was a one on one match. Yeah. And speak about chalk and cheese. Between Credo yeah. and BT Gun, uh, BT is is uh, he likes to kick. So how, how how was that match in comparison? Did you do quite a bit more prep in the run up to it? Yeah, uh, for sure. I felt like that match was probably my first kind of big test in Reckless Intent to show that I could kind of hang in bigger matches and stuff like that. Uh, before that match. Uh, I was trying. I was getting ready the whole day. Uh, BT Gun was late for the show, and we were on second. So, uh, to say I was nervous would be an understatement, because he showed up 15 minutes before we were to go out. So, we were running through everything, like working out how the match is going to go, uh, and it went great. Uh, we threw in some stuff we both kind of had prepared already, uh, mashed it all together, and it ended up work, working really well. Uh, as far as I can remember, the crowd were into it. Uh, it got a lot of good reviews back backstage, and uh, BT Gun even went up to Michael Chase and told him, like, wow, I didn't know the guys you trained would be that good. And he was <laughs> like, okay, I'll take that as a compliment. So, Absolutely. so yeah. So, I mean, at that point, you had been wrestling for, what, I don't know, five years, something like that, on and off? Around that, um, yeah. So, how, how do you like to operate your matches? Do you like do you like knowing the who, what, whens, or are you more of a bullet point, right? If we get this, 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 then the rest will kind of figure out on as we go along, or uh, are you a bit more so, meticulous? Uh, I'm not very selfish when it comes to matches, so the first thing I try to do with my opponent is try and learn what their moveset is and try and work around getting their stuff in before mine. Uh, So I usually like to find out what the finish of the match is first Uh, because that's when I know that I can settle down and get to the end. Uh, But yeah, uh, I like to tell stories with matches rather than a hundred flips and tons of kicks and let's beat each other up for 50 minutes and chant fight forever uh so well looking back on my match or a tag match me and delson dare against uh the odd squad uh freddie the fanboy and craig forsyth uh 
the whole match we tried to tell, look, the whole story we tried to tell with that match was uh, just us absolutely leathering Freddy until he couldn't stand anymore. Uh, he took a proper beating in that match. And uh, I think the match is up on YouTube if you want to see it, but uh, he just gets absolutely destroyed in that match. Uh, then Craig finally gets his hot tag at the end and he's lighting us up and throwing us around and throwing us over the ropes and everything until we finally isolate Freddy at the end. He takes another beating and then he rolls me up at the end and wins the tag titles. And uh, that's probably one of my favorite matches because the reaction at the end is so good for Freddy. Oh, so, I mean, yeah, so, so you like to work from the end and then backwards yeah. from there. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've said I get, stuff I've already said on the podcast because I've done so many of them now. I've ran out of all my own stories and I'm just recapping them, <laughs> uh, repeating them now. But yeah, some of my favorite matches I've ever watched have evolved maybe f- four moves. But yeah. the actual, the anticipation, the story, the little moments and subtleties that actually lead to the, the final conclusion and the crescendo, yeah. that's the best bit. I mean, I, I'm, I'm the same as you. Uh, I, I see things like uh, death matches and all these flippy stuff and I'm like that's great and I'll enjoy that in like in isolation or maybe every so often mm-hmm. but give me a match with a story and yeah. that, that's all there's, I need there's definitely a place for flips and athletics like I would say even look at the Young Bucks like they get a lot of flack for just being flippy guys but I feel like they managed to blend that with telling a story and I feel like they're probably the only guys that manage to pull that off really well. Um, I think they're definitely a little better than they were, if I, if I remember yeah. rightly. Uh, they used to just be the, used to be those guys that would just do all the mm-hmm. moves, and now they can. I don't know if it's age or their knees have decided that. Yeah. No, we need to do. I, I can do all the super kicks, but we'll leave the flips until the end, and, yeah. just, and just make a story out of it, which is always the best way. But so uh, just indeed he, uh, mm-hmm. which is an amazing name. Uh, there was yeah. a couple that came around about that time. I don't know, I think it was just in Reckless that had just incredible pun names. Um, yeah. Oh, it would be Looking Sharp was around as well. And that's, yeah. give me all that. I love him. Uh, so just Steed moved on and he ended up uh, winning the tag titles with Delton Dare. Uh, once, yeah. I think you're the second champions, if I remember right. Third, I think. So it's Asia Orion. I thought you were second. And then they... Oh, did they come back to win them? And then you won. It was... Uh, Adrian Ryan won it and then relinquished on the first day because of Michael Chase's injury. Uh, then iGen won them. Ah, of course. And then totally dropped them back to the Adrian Ryan. Then it went back to us. Apologies to, to David Devlin and... Uh, was it and Kelly? Yeah. Yeah. My apologies. That's, Double to Keir and Kelly for forgetting your name for a moment as well. Uh, so, so yeah, so uh, first tag team title, first proper tag team title yeah. uh, with Dells and Dare. And that must be pretty, pretty good feeling. You, you've spent all that yeah. time building this character, building this duo up, and then rewarded yeah. for your efforts. Uh, what's it like facing Michael uh, for that that title, especially? It, it was good. Yeah, uh, obviously that was. Uh... Michael Chase's last title before he retired. So it kind of felt like in some sort of way passing on the torch of the tag division in Reckless over to us. And it was a lot of weight on our shoulders. Uh, That match as well was really fun. It was a a TLC match. So 
which I don't do too often, to say the least. So it was a big change. Uh, we had a lot of fun stuff in that match, even though most of it was uh, Michael and Delson wrestling each other off the ladder, trying not to get the belt. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I've, I've seen some of the Reckless is, is, uh, their hardcore matches. Some of them are just ridiculously wild, especially when, when yeah. the matches have been in the scout hall or, or even in the unit. Whether in the are the unit, it's just what, how, and why. Yeah. <laughs> you look at watching them. And I think it was one. I think it was actually Michael Chase jumping off a ladder through a table, yeah. and I'm just like, that's insane. Especially that goes to show his passion because there's probably maybe forty people there watching him do it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, well, Rex Tank crowd. It sounds yeah. like it sounds like a thousand. <laughs> yeah. E even in that last TLC match we had there, the. The last thing Michael Chase took was uh, he went for a slice bread number two on Delson and just kind of got thrown out of the ring through a door. Like, why do you do this stuff to yourself? <laughs> Reckless intense. Well. Reckless intense. Uh, their their obsession with doors. I mean, I've, yeah. I've seen they're cheaper than cheaper than tables, uh, but their yeah. obsession with doors just every. It's one of those things where every time I, I hear it going, oh, there's, it's a mystery doors match. So I'm like, that sounds stupid. And yes. then I watch it and go, oh, don't go through the door. <laughs> so, don't, yeah. so I still get brought in by the story, even if it's the most ridiculous of uh, of ways to do it. Um, again, go back to that like Russo-esque stuff. It's like, yeah. it sounds terrible, but in action, it's actually okay. Like yeah, I, I love reverse course. battle royals. I love the idea of it. God. Uh, even the execution of it was so ridiculous. I still loved it. But uh, yeah, a mystery doors match is, is up there with ones going, that seems like a ridiculous idea, but yeah. somehow it works. Uh, so for Reckless Intent, you're, you've ventured out even further. Um, mm -hmm. So you, you made appearances in Respect Pro and yep. uh, Source, and we'll, we'll speak about Discovery in a bit. So yep. was it just a case of that you've, you've got comfortable in, in Reckless and thinking, right, I can try and move to other places and or was there any or did they contact you and think let's, let's uh, get Adams over well with Respect Pro uh, it was one of their first shows they ran that I was part of and uh, Delson Dare was originally scheduled to tag with somebody else but uh, I got called in instead and this was kind of before me and Delson were tagging properly I was still kind of just aligned with him in Reckless so that was kind of the precursor to the Deadly Sins uh, a few years beforehand. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun because uh, I didn't know I was going to be wrestling for them until a couple of days before. So I just kind of threw everything together, worked out and headed up and it was a lot of fun. Uh, with Source, uh, the first match I had for them was uh, one of their shows in their unit. And uh, it, that was one of my most fun matches I've ever had. It was me... Uh, Jetstream Jack now, uh, Sammy Joe and Manlin in a fatal four way. The dancing, the Highland yeah. dancing, that was it. I didn't realize that was your, your first one, that was your first match. Yeah. Uh, that was great. Uh, the, the venue was absolutely freezing, uh, so we just decided to have some fun with it. And uh, because everyone was in high spirits for that show, it was a lot of fun. Uh, so we went out, had a dance, I ruined it for everybody, and they instantly hated me for it. It was great. 
I love the source crowd when I watch the shows, their shows, especially the Govan one, but yeah. Govan crowd's just nuts. Yeah. They're hyped on that sugar. Was, uh, my last match before before we've all been locked down was a Govan show for Source. Uh, it was a six-man scramble that I ended up winning. And uh, yeah, even like for all the crowds I've seen, walking out into the Govan crowd for the first time was... Uh, it was it was special. It was definitely a lot different than what I was used to. I mean, I've 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 watched that match on YouTube actually, but mm. yeah, their their crowd is just that's. I mean, likes of of reckless on source, they just have their they have their kind of their constant crowd, which is great. Yeah. Uh, that first show, I, I remember I was, I was speaking to uh, I don't know if I actually spoke to Grant McIver about it. I definitely spoke to EDM about it. Uh, his favourite mm-hmm. moment was was Grant's match where he, he spoke about the venue being freezing. Uh, yeah. he, he entered, walked out, and turned off the heat. Turned the turned the heat off, yeah. And that was the the biggest heat he, anybody got for the whole the whole show. The irony, yeah, <laughs> the <well>. thing, <laughs> switching off and, and and so so you're you're pretty good at this multi-man matches now, uh, especially yeah. Discovery Wrestling. You you entered the Reckless Raffle Royal, so you you yeah. had the winning ticket to enter the match. Um, uh-huh. Again, love this concept. Love it. Raffles and wrestling, just, they all go yeah, together. Yeah, they just hand. go together. Uh, so again, brand new audience and Discovery yeah. audience especially is it's like a hybrid. It's yeah. it's like, it's it's not it's not a kid's show. It's not an adult show. It's like a teen yeah. show where they act like For kids sure. but look like adults. Yeah. So, <laughs> so how is it like going into that environment when there's a very, very different crowd uh it was intimidating for all of us uh so there was 10 of us in the match and uh all of us were really nervous uh because the only people in that match who had been on discovery beforehand i think were uh jetstream jack rob mills and delson dare the rest of us were completely new uh other than kind of seeing us around working security beforehand and if they knew us from Reckless or whatever. But uh, it was intimidating. We were all kind of sat in the gorilla position that they have backstage at the Jam House, all kind of shaking in our boots, like wondering how it's going to go. Uh, but we went out there and we had a lot of fun. Uh, we we kind of started off all attacking the big guy, Grom, at the start, and that was fun. He just kind of threw us around, and uh, we had a lot of fun with it. Uh, we tried to work to what that audience would like, which is uh, lots of wrestling-y stuff. Uh, so I busted out the uh, the backslide driver at the end of that match, which was uh, essentially me throwing Stephen Miles on his head and then throwing him out the ring. Uh, and that seemed to get a good reaction. So I think it went pretty well. Yeah, Discovery are a weird bunch though, because the, you yeah. say that like the wrestling stuff, and then next match will be Gene Money uh, against yeah. uh, Session with Martina, which will involve no wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, or a zombie. There'll be zombies. <laughs> then it'll just be, uh, again, Gene Money. I don't know why his name keeps cropping back when I think about the, the weirdness that can come with Discovery Wrestling. Um, so that's, that's uh, what. So five companies you worked for, four hopefully regular ones. Yeah. Um, is there any aspirations, anyone you want to face uh, in the future in Scottish wrestling in general? Uh, or you just, just want to get back wrestling first, I suppose? 
Uh, yeah, for sure. I <laughs> I really wanted to get back to it. Uh, with uh, Discovery as well, uh, winning that Reckless Rapple uh, also won me a chance to enter the uh, the Derby, the Disco Derby. Uh, obviously, that never went ahead. Uh, but hopefully, that uh, that spot is still retained for when shows come back. So hopefully, we can enter that, face a bunch of different guys in a different Rumble. Uh, hopefully, become a mainstay on their roster because. I would argue that Discovery Wrestling has one of the best overall rosters that gets used in Scottish wrestling today. So pretty much anybody on there would be great. Definitely hard to disagree with that. Um, well, since, since, I mean, not since all this lockdown stuff and all the stuff that happened over the summer, uh, Discovery yeah. have really kind of proven themselves to be like for the fans. So they've, they've yeah. kept everyone transparent clear what they're doing how they're doing sure. things um which is really great to see uh, i wish some other companies would follow suit with that as well yeah um some have some haven't but you know mm. just the way it is at the moment uh so is there any companies that you want to try and get to uh when when not when everything's back to normal uh i would say the main thing that i want to start with is maybe venturing down to working down south uh I've pretty much exclusively wrestled in Scotland so far. So the biggest goal is to start heading out to other places, England, maybe even Wales, Ireland, even outside of the UK. Uh, that's the, I would say, short-term goal for when wrestling starts proper again. But uh, yeah, just as many places as I can be. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, that, I mean... Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if, if just getting wrestling, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, right. So, as far as as your character, so like I say, you went yeah. from just the moody goth to a moodier goth. To, I've used to goth too many times. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to offend goths by saying it, um, but it, it's pretty much how it looks. Uh, but it's now becoming more sinister. Yeah. Uh, was was that kind of the outward goal when you started? This, this look, the black the black hair, jet black hair, uh, tattoos, black gear, but not the boring black tights. Was it, was it always yeah. kind of an evolution you were thinking of to make it uh, darker and darker? It was never really something I thought of initially. It just kind of progressed that way because uh, when I aligned with Delson there, he already kind of had sort... His character was sort of going in that direction. And then when we started with the Deadly Sins, it kind of went all the way with that and we started including uh more religious undertones and started to uh, accusing people of being sinners and stuff like that and that was a a lot of advice we took for that because a lot of people have input on those kind of characters so we essentially got as much advice from as many people as possible and uh they all wanted us to take it a more demonic route because a lot of people have dark characters in wrestling now but they all tend to take it uh, to more of a silly kind of route. Uh, but we wanted to take ours really seriously. Well, as serious as we can with wrestling. And uh, yeah, we just wanted to kind of stand out. And now I'm kind of taking that in my own direction as well with the, the pure evil thing. Uh, where I kind of want to be like this this black spot on wrestling that kind of makes everything a downer <laughs> i just want people to feel hate around me like you just want the air to go cold as soon as you enter yeah, kind of thing for sure 
yeah, I mean, that in itself, I mean, I can only think of maybe, I don't know, two or three possibly off the top of my head. It's kind of got something that similar mm-hmm. sinisterness. So it is, uh, it does have, as you say, the darkness, dark characters do happen a lot, but nobody, there's not that many that actually try to actively get you to feel sad uh, yeah. at their mere presence, uh, which is a very, it's a hard thing to do. And uh, yeah. anyone who tries it, uh, I mean, got their work cut out, especially because indie wrestling is silly. So it's yeah. trying to trying to shift that perception for even a moment um, is is going to be a, a hard job. But you seem to be doing it just from your promos, just from um, your actions more than anything. Uh, I mean, spoiling Highland dancing and, and, and yeah. what have you. Uh, you're certainly uh, going the way it needs to 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 make everyone feel just sad. Just Downer. depress everybody. The doubt. Get, get a valley, call her Debbie Downer, you know, get all. Oh. <laughs> Going right in the notepad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, you've got quite, totally shift, but kind of in the same vein. Um, we've got mm-hmm. quite a lot of tattoos. She did a behind the heart, yep. behind the art with uh, our our masked embroiderer, um, yep. which I love the name, the masked embroiderer. I can't see it. That's the only, <laughs> that's the only downside. At least it's written, so I don't have to read it uh, out as often. Um, but there's, there's quite a lot of not pagan symbols, but like a lot of imagery as well. Was is that kind of is gothic that religious? Stuff, yes. Yeah, gothic stuff. Um, yeah. Not, not gothy, but gothic. Uh, yeah. Is that something that's always kind of interests you? The gothic imagery. Yeah, uh, for sure. Like I grew up liking, uh, you know, metal music, rock, uh, even more emo-y stuff uh, when I first started learning about different bands and whatnot so it kind of evolved from there like once you get hooked on one thing and you grow up with it that's kind of your aesthetic for the rest of your life so uh yeah it all stuck with me like skulls bats that the the typical gothic imagery uh and i just kind of attached myself to it and yeah that's what that's what made me want to get that kind of stuff tattooed on me as well because i think it looks cool and it definitely adds, to, like I said, it definitely adds that aesthetic as well that you're yeah. trying to perceive. Uh, I suppose at the same time, you've mentioned a few times that you, you, you're, some of your bigger matches have just been like 15 minutes or last minute. That she goes, that yeah. cool, calm, and collected demeanor that you have uh, certainly lends it to that as well. Because um, yeah, I know for I mean, know for others, I, I'd probably be the same if 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 I ever decided to try wrestling i'm quite a chill person so i just be like all right okay cool let's just let's go do it yeah um so yeah you you find that really helps with your yeah for sure like on the outside i seem like i'm all there and collected and ready to mess with people on the inside i'm screaming (laughs) so yeah i think having that kind of character helps me a lot with overcoming nerves for when i wrestle as well um, so just before we move on to, to some non-wrestling matters, we'll probably switch back and forth because, again, if you've yeah. listened to this before, you know that there's no structure to these podcasts. It's just yeah. a case of I'll, I'll pop a question in when I can think of it. Um, but, yeah, before we move on to that, we'll ask the question so I don't forget it. What's your favourite dinosaur? This is where I make everyone hate me when I tell them I'm not that into dinosaurs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Uh but uh, I guess I'll give the typical answer and say a T-Rex because, you know, Red, Red Power Ranger, that kind of deal. Ah, 
Okay, right. You, you've won me back with the red Power Ranger. That's fine. <laughs> That's all good. Um, well, I couldn't say I couldn't say dragon because it's not a real dinosaur. I think we could count it. So, like I say, Harmony Sky is used turkey dinosaur, which is my favourite answer. Oh, that's that's a smart idea. Exactly. So, I think dragon counts as a dinosaur. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll go with dragon then. Specifically, the dragonzord, or uh, yeah, they, they 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 call themselves dinosaurs in that show, and they have a dragonzord. So, sure, we'll go with that. Uh, so you quite like. Uh, you like the nerdy things in life. Uh, if anyone yeah. goes onto your Twitter profile, they will know this. Uh, but again, before I do that, I've got Jetstream Jack asking, what's your oh, favourite song to sing in the car? Uh, well, when it's with Jetstream Jack, because as I'm sure he's told you in his interview, it's the Knuckles rap. Uh, I think he did, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I like to put on stuff that everybody in the car can sing along to, so we usually get the Disney tunes on and have a sing-along with that. Uh, or we get the wrestling entrance themes on because we all know them. So I'm just, I'm just imagining like stopping at I don't know traffic lights, looking and seeing yourself, Gothic, Jack, yep. opposite, and, and uh, the pirate Rob Mills just just uh, bouncing along to like Moana. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean in one of the last car trips before lockdown. Uh, me and Delson Dare were in the front seat doing a duet of uh, Love is an Open Door, and that was great fun. Who was Hans? Uh, him. I was, I was Anna. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Well, we've got, the, we've got the song portion of the show. <laughs> no, we're not, we're not going to do that again. <laughs> I, I've learned my lesson that singing on these podcasts is not a good idea. Yeah. Uh, as as uh, anyone listening to the Shambles episode will know why. It did oh, not go well at all. Uh, it was a good idea. We did Backstreet Boys. Um, oh. Wanted that way. It was it was a team effort. Uh, oh, it was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but the, so the other thing, I mean, I, I looked this out uh, specifically for mm-hmm. your, your for this interview. Uh, for those that are watching the the video stream, they will know what that is. But the, for those that are on the audio one, it is a, a little question oh. box from Super Mario. Lights up. It was, I was going to have it lit up the whole time, but you can't see it. Yeah, you can't really see what it is. So, so there it is. Um, you, you've caused some controversy uh, oh, yeah. as of a recording of your Super Mario uh, opinions. As yeah. Mario being a game that you've... You're a gamer. I we think we can yeah. establish that. Was Mario one of the first ones that you were into? Yeah, for sure. Uh, the first console, well, it's not really a console, but the first game machine I ever owned was a, a Game Boy Color, and I had Super Mario Land for that. So it was that Mario was one of my first exposure to video games in general. I, I, I've got I've got a color somewhere. It's not in this room. I would have taken it out otherwise. But uh, yeah, I, I remember my, I had a Pikachu edition one for a bit. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Uh, but yeah, so so Mario Land. I think I might actually yeah. have that as well somewhere. Uh, and Sonic was, is the other one yeah. that I know that you're quite a big... Uh, if if anyone's seen me and Jetstream Jack's interactions, you will know that we love Sonic. He's one of our favourite video game characters. Uh, now, as far as movies go, obviously one's uh, better than the other. Uh, but yeah. uh, I haven't seen Sonic the Hedgehog the movie yet. Is it something... Is it, is, does it hold up to the, the uh, video game experience? Uh, well, it's... Everybody knows that video game movies never really turn out great, uh, as evidenced by every single video game movie ever made. 
Uh, but I would say Sonic is probably the best video game movie ever made. Uh, there's a lot of reference to the original game. Uh, I think fans will like it. So I'd say it's it's not a great movie by any means. It's definitely a kid's film. But uh, it's not bad. <laughs> That's about as good as it can get. What were your thoughts when you saw the first design of Sonic of, in, in the, for the movie? I mean, I wasn't surprised. I, I had this like gut feeling that I knew it would be terrible. But even when it was first revealed, I just... I couldn't believe they would do something like that. <laughs> like, it, like there must be so many people that go through checks and like design this and have to approve it, and every single one of them signed off on that, saying it was okay. Like, I, I can't believe that. Yeah, I, uh, I, I saw the Ferrari about it. Uh, I think there's a good word uh, about it. It's, yeah, it just looked. It looked didn't look right. It was just, no. it was just so weird. Um, but yeah, I'll have to check out at some point. I, I can't remember the last time I watched Super Mario. Uh, I think I only watched it once for good reason. That's, that's <laughs> one too many times. I don't know. I don't know if it was just because Bob Hoskins is in it and I love Who Fates Robert, Roger Rabbit. I don't know what, what made me watch it. But He actually went on to say that was the biggest regret of his career, the Mario Bros. movie. So. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, I'll have to watch Sonic. I keep meaning to and then... It's one of those things, anything with Netflix or Prime or anything like that, you look at it and go, oh, two hours. I can't, I can't yeah. sit for two I'll, hours. I'll, I'll stick it on the list. I'll stick it <laughs> on the list and then you go watch uh, four episodes of one hour things and go, ah, yeah. that's fine. Time well spent. Um, are you into the Marvel stuff as well? Yeah, for sure. Oh, thank God. Uh, <laughs> yesterday I just uh, watched through all of WandaVision and got completely caught up. So, yeah, definitely. Wonderful. Because I have yeah. I need someone to speak to about one division. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll try and keep it spoiler free. Although when this goes out, yeah. the first season will be finished. So yeah. <laughs> so, but though, for those that are on the Patreon, patreoncom Resnet, oh, fire with this, the links to the. <laughs> um, they won't know how amazing is one division. <laughs> oh, so good! Like the first ep- the first two episodes, I was kind of like, "Is this really what we're going for? Like, is this like just a multiverse thing, and we're just following this sitcom?" But as soon as things started kicking off, then I was just hooked completely. Like, it's crazy the stuff they're trying to pull off now. Yeah, it's, it's when it was like the the reviews came in, but the, the critics only got to see the first three episodes. You know, thinking, yeah. oh, that's weird. The episode four started, you know, like, oh god, this yeah. is why they only got to see the first three episodes because <laughs> ah. Amazing. So, uh, as, as far as heroes and villains, are you a bit more of the villain side, anti-heroes, Venom, that kind of thing, just with uh, your gothic vibe? Or what's who's your favourite superheroes? Oh, wow. Uh, well, my favourite hero is Thor. Uh, I kind of feel like in every interpretation of Thor, there's always so many highlights, and especially MCU, he's just unquestionably the best character and I won't take any questions on that because <laughs> he just is uh, villain wise <sighs> villains are a lot tougher because they're, they're kind of their own thing uh, Joker in the most recent Joker movie is amazing uh, never been big on Venom which probably will get me a lot of hate but uh, especially from Dells and Deer yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I've always just kind of thought that the Venom thing, like, every kind of sci-fi show has something like that. 
the kind of evil version of good characters, even though Venom's kind of a separate thing. But yeah, never really been a fan. But uh, with Joker as well, like everybody loves Joker. But I feel like the only Joker I really like is the most recent one with the new movie and Mark Hamill's Joker in the animated series. No, oh, fine. Heath Ledger one is that just a bit too no, out I, there for you? This will get me a lot of hate as well, but I don't like the Dark Knight movies. I didn't even know Batman Begins existed. I started watching from the Dark Knight onwards, and then someone went, oh, that's the second one. Yeah. Why? <laughs> What's the, everyone knows what Batman is about at this point. You don't need to do an intro. You don't need to yeah. do a, an origin story. His parents are dead. Wow. That's about it. Yeah. That's all you need to know. That, that, that's why I'm glad they didn't do that with Spider-Man again with the the new MCU movies and just done his backstory and we watch Uncle Ben get shot for the fourth or fifth time. I was going to say, I don't need to see Uncle Ben die again. It's just, <laughs> it's done at this point. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. Everyone knows what happens. He's dead. Okay, cool. Great power. Uh, Spider-Verse, though, I'm super excited about. Oh, God. Yeah. Spider-Verse is, I probably, that's one of my favourite uh uh, comic book movies of all time. It's just so good. And the fact they're going to try and do it in live action, yeah. apparently, allegedly, rumoured. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know for sure. I know. We're going to get all hyped up and it's going to be the post-credit scene of Spider-Man 3, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> well, we'll see one character that we know and that'll be it for five seconds. Uh, it'll be mid-credit scene, to- Tobey Maguire pops out, ah, and then post-credit, Andy Garfield comes out and they do the whole uh, end of Spider-Verse where they do the point at yeah, each other. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be okay with that, actually. I think, I think yeah. I'd actually be okay with that, which... Just shows how uh, yeah, the, the pop for J. Jonah Jameson at the end of the last Spider-Man film was enough for me. So, oh man, yeah, I, I watched that in the most tight. It was in this. I went to go see it in the cinema, um, just because it was on, and my wife was going to see West the Westlife concert. It was being streamed in the mm. cinema at the same time, so she was come, she came out buzzing, and I was like, J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. J. Jonah. <laughs> that was the highlight of that whole movie. <laughs> Oh, absolutely incredible. Um, so we're going to swing back to wrestling quite briefly. Yeah. So during this lockdown time, mm-hmm. it's it's been a bit weird. There's been no wrestling on. The only yeah. kind of competition we've got is a ridiculous person decided to do a Twitter poll competition uh, that you, for some reason, decided to take part in as well. Yeah. And uh, revealed, not even revealed, but uh, confirmed your love of Shadow the Hedgehog. Oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> several times uh, before promising to make uh, Jetstream Jack and Jarek Nowak uh, cardboard tag team titles in the Saltair Classic. How, how's that getting on? Are they in the uh, bin? <laughs> yeah, well, I actually tweeted uh, Jetstream Jack either yesterday or a couple of days ago. He asked me where the belts were, and I sent him a photo of a cardboard recycling bin. <laughs> so that's where those are. <laughs> um, so, I mean, Everyone was having a lot of fun of those. Was, was, it, was it a good way to kind of get your creative juices flowing, a bit of an outlet, or it's yeah, just uh, to keep yourself busy? Yeah, uh, especially with uh, one of the earlier tournaments that I took part in as well, like done a couple promos for them, uh, got to talk a bit of trash on Twitter. So it's a lot of fun. It got us, uh, it got everybody using their Twitter accounts again instead of just retweeting random stuff for no reason. Uh, 
So especially like even just watching the followers go up a little a little bit again, trying while we're interacting with each other, it's been a lot of fun. That, that was kind of the main aim, that and keep myself busy uh, outside of deleting articles for various reasons. Uh, but it was just trying to make things a bit happier and everyone to just have a go. But yeah, yeah I'm glad that, that yourself and others were able to to just yeah, find uh, the light side of it and just go, right, we'll just go all in. We're just going to be yeah. absolute idiots about this and just go for it. Yeah, uh, it's got us uh, interacting with uh, a lot of other wrestlers that we wouldn't have interactions with otherwise as well, so... Exactly. It's, it's kind of like that that way of going into a new locker room, but without the actual uh, pressure of yeah, the, doing the, the walking around and shaking everybody's hands. Yeah, <laughs> which, which thankfully might be a thing of the past uh, when yeah. the shows return. Because I mean, I don't like shaking hands anyway, but I'm yeah, definitely I'm, not going to do it. I'm in the same boat. It's not a fun experience. No, I mean, I'm a fairly awkward person. My, my very yeah. very brief locker room experiences have been just sitting in the corner hoping nobody yeah. speaks to me and then if if they speak to me I have to think of something to say to them uh, there has yeah. been a moment where I walked into a locker room and there was uh, Crusher Crave, Aspen Faith and Sammy Jane putting together their match I didn't want to mm. interrupt I wasn't going to go and put my hand out because that's weird and yeah. so I just sat at the other end of the sofa not looking like I don't know what you're saying I, I'm not listening because yeah. I want to join the show later oh god this is so awkward it's I mean, so awkward what am I doing? <laughs> my my go-to is uh just trying to go and find something to help with the ring right away so I just look like I'm busy so I don't have to go around and shake people's hands. That's the, yeah, that's just I was, I was I was just trying to look busy, but yeah, I just sat there just looked like an absolute moron. And uh <laughs> this is why I like Zoom calls for these interviews, because once we're done, yeah. we're done. There's yeah. no awkward <laughs> little bit afterwards where we're like Ah, uh, so uh, how how are you doing? I'm good. It's yeah. all good. Yeah. I, oh, where are you going later? Oh, I'm going this way. Oh shit! I'm going that. Way. Damn it! <laughs> Damn it! Ah, I was the one to do it. Got 40, 40 odd episodes in. I'm the one to swear on it. Uh, right. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, we will forget that. I'm not going to edit out because you know it's a it's a landmark <laughs> moment. Uh, right. So wrestling. Uh, so who would be your favourites now? Who, who are your favourites nowadays uh, when it comes to pro wrestling? Oh, well, uh, recently, the reason I started watching uh, WWE again has been for Cesaro and Nakamura. Those two guys are just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and their in-ring in work is just unparalleled. Those two guys are great. Yeah, so the, the, the kind of refocus on them this year has been yeah delightful to see. Yeah, uh, it's kind of like everybody forgot how great they are until they started getting a spotlight again. They're like, oh yeah, those guys. Yeah, I don't know where it's going. I don't know if it's going to be, mm -hmm. there's going to be some big multi-man scramble thing with an intercranial title, which I'm all for. Yeah, um, well, I actually, I had this idea because I made it clear on my Twitter a couple of days ago that I love open challenges. So why not have Cesaro with the Intercontinental title having Cesaro's world tour since he speaks like five languages? Oh, amazing. I think he did something similar when he was US champion back in 20, whoever long ago. However yeah, long ago. I think he had an open challenge kind of deal. Yeah. Oh, that, that time period was special. Aksana. Yeah. Oh, God. Awful wrestler. Very pretty. <laughs> Awful wrestler. Uh, 
Oh, now I've got Oksana and NXT Marion Goldust in my head. I'm sorry oh, to no. everyone that's been listening to that. Just, just for that, we just put that in your head. Game show NXT in general is something that should be wiped off the memory of wrestling. I would say yes, but also EC3 and Daniel Bryan rigging the the uh, weather competitions so they would match answers every time, even though they didn't actually match the question, is still incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Or types of you falling over a barrel, which you know kind of the, the predecessor to the world slide. <laughs> exactly, absolutely. Oh, we've we've kind of went off off there yes. a bit. So so Nakamura, Cesaro, uh, are you big into worldwide wrestling? I, I got I kind of peg you for a Japan guy. Are you, are you quite a fan of uh, Japanese wrestling? I'm one of those guys that only watches Wrestle Kingdom. That's that's my one one experience with New Japan for the year, and that'll be it. Uh, mainly because it's just another thing to subscribe to if I want to watch it regularly. But uh, AEW, I've been keeping up with uh, the stuff Kenny Omega is doing is pretty fun. Uh, Jungle Boy is one of my favorites in AEW. I just something and Luchasaurus and their whole team. Something about them, their look and their style is just extremely captivating to me. Luchasaurus could have been your favorite dinosaur. Oh yeah. Can I change my answer? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, there we go. Luchasaurus meets Dragonzord. Yeah. Um, yeah, I find it, I've mentioned in previous episodes that I find it difficult to watch AEW because I just, for everything, I'm like, oh, this is really cool. I quite like this. This is quite good. And then they'll make mm-hmm. a wee dig. They're going to be and going, ah, well, you're not, yeah. you're not doing it for me. You're doing it for for, for a different reason. <laughs> I'm not enjoying this anymore. Um, it's weird. Uh, even when I was saying earlier, I like stories of wrestling. They do stories, but then they just they do something to annoy me. And I'm like, I'm not going to go on Twitter and, and whinge about it. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to watch it. Yeah. That's that's the way it should be done. Um, so I so WWE seems to be your main. That's your yeah. main way. Thanks. Well, I do prefer older wrestling. That's just the way I am. Uh, during lockdown, I had a binge of every single ECW pay per view which was a lot of ups and a lot of downs. <laughs> With ECW, you either get something really great or really awful. I, so that was an I can imagine that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm the same. Like we were saying right at the start about the, the time period that you started with, is that's your kind of comfort zone, your nostalgic bit. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of 2001, 2002 Raws. Um, yeah. I went through the Smackdowns as well, and I didn't get all the way through them, but um, I did catch quite a few. Uh, one of the annoying things about the WWE Network is if someone else watches something and kind of resets where you were. Yeah. And only recently, I, I'm i now subscribed to my own WWE Network account after many years not being on my own, um, which was an absolute pain because the guy who runs it, was best friend for years, and uh, we mm. hadn't spoken since his wedding, just one of those things. But I already had his network account, so I was keeping it. <laughs> I'm not giving that this up. And he contacted me out of the blue and I went, oh, you watching the Rumble tonight? And he went, oh, I don't usually watch, but I think I will stay up. And I was like, you... How, <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> how do you use your own account that you pay $9.99 for <laughs> to watch it? So uh, to quickly make my own account again. And it was just... I mean, I've got a lot out of WWE for for yeah. not paying nine ninety nine, but still, there's a little bit of bitterness watching the number going. I'm paying for this. I should not yeah. be paying for this. How 
dear. Anyway, uh, right. So, yeah. Am I also right in thinking you're a big anime fan as well? Like, it, yeah. You did Wrestle Kingdom, but you're quite like anime. There's a lot of wrestlers like anime, I'm finding. Yeah. I've, I've noticed that a lot over lockdown as well. We've all kind of come out of the woodworks to reveal our anime love. Um, what is it about anime? I mean, I, I think I've asked every other person, but what's about anime that does it for you? It's such a hard thing to explain because anime is such a different concept to anything else. The best way I can put it is it's just cartoons, but cooler. <laughs> uh, anime is kind of more adult focused, but not, you know, like rated R or like anything like that. Uh, there's more action and depending on what you're watching, of course. Uh, anime is more story driven than any other kind of cartoon. Uh, yeah, I feel like it's one of those things that just kind of hooks you in, and it takes a lot to hook you in, because unless you've grown up with it, then it's pretty hard to get into, which is the same for a lot of things, honestly. You also say that for wrestling as well, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what would be your recommendations for, I don't know, first-time watchers? Oof. Well, my favourite anime is Dragon Ball which is probably the most well-known anime ever. But I will never recommend it to anybody because there's like, there's Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT, and Dragon Ball Super. And all of them are about one to 300 episodes long. So I'll never recommend that to anybody. But uh, the most popular anime right now is My Hero Academia. That's what I would recommend to people. It's a... It's essentially a high school where everybody has superpowers and the main character didn't have superpowers but now he does have superpowers and he's trying to catch up to everybody else. Okay, I will bear that in mind. I think, I think Rain also recommend that one to me as well. Uh, mm -hmm. I still haven't got any to watch any of it. Anything. I watched <laughs> One Punch Man. Um, one Punch Man is a lot of fun. I said an episode that hasn't gone out actually out out it's, it's on Patreon but um, mm -hmm. I can't remember who it was with but I said I, I watched it I watched three episodes and I was like right I get I understand the premise of this essentially if it's, if it's the same every episode I'm done I, I'm, I'm alright I've got it I've got yeah. the gist of it it's fine <laughs> One Punch Man is just making fun of every other anime in its genre <laughs> and that's the whole joke of the whole show yeah I think I would appreciate it if I actually watched anime yeah. so I got it it was just yeah, when I was watching it I was like three episodes in and it, it was uh, oh no don't come near me, I'm going to punch you. I've punched you. Yeah. Uh, well, that's how it always ends. I'm like, oh, okay, I've got this. It's a, but yeah, but I, I'm sure if I actually went and watched more of it, I'll, uh, more on me in general, I would understand yeah. it a bit more. Um, so we're, again, we're trying to swing back into wrestling. I've written down Fair City Saints, but I think that's because mm -hmm. um, when we did our starter for 10, or no, we did an actual interview, way back at the start of this whole lockdown thing, uh, mm -hmm. Stephen Miles and Alex Webb were, were, were a couple of guys that you're you're you recommend people to kind of check out. Uh, yeah. Is there anyone else that you you've trained with or, or wrestled that you think people should have their eyes on more? Yeah, uh, a lot of the guys in Reckless Intent, uh, I feel like deserve a little more credit, especially Miles and Webb, because their work as a tag team has just kind of exploded. They kind of went from just being thrown together into these guys belong in a tag team. Uh, Jetstream Jack, uh, one of my good friends, 
really underrated. Uh, Rob Mills as well, over the last two or so years, his improvement has just been absolutely incredible. Uh, Grom as well, he's someone to look out for because you don't see too many big guys in Scottish wrestling anymore. You maybe get a couple here and there, and he's kind of taking that ball, picking it up and running with it. So he's one to keep an eye out for. I'm, I'm putting money on a, a, there's going to be something, there's there's money in a match between Grum and Kuma. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely. I mean, it won't, be, it won't be a technical classic by any stretch of the imagination, but that's a spectacle that you need to see. Yeah, we all um, love a big guy fight. Absolutely. I mean, Haystacks and Big Daddy made millions, well, I mean millions, maybe not. Inflation might have, may have made millions, yeah. uh, but they made a lot of money just on not a lot yeah. of doing and you know, even, even having Grom and Kuma again could pull back in the the casual audience of British wrestling. If you put kind of those guys and kind of compare them to Big Daddy and Haystacks as well, so there's a lot of potential there. Absolutely, make them a tag team. I mean, I'm sure yeah. uh, Deadly Sins that won't be trying to get matched them anytime soon. Very scary for the rest of the tag team scene. Uh, so speaking of Jet Stream Jack, he says one of your best friends. He asked a question earlier. Um, he asked a question for someone else, but I'm just going to steal it for this as well. Uh, so, when are you going to become a tag team? What would be your team name? And uh, who would you want to face? Oh, God. Uh, you can take out the when, because that's a silly one, because there's no shows. Yeah. But uh, what's your team name? Who are you facing? Me and Jack. Well... If we were a team and I'd like to face Miles and Webb, that would just be a lot of fun with three guys that I really like. Uh, team name. Would, would Webb have to change his last name to, to uh, Per Hour for the... For the... <laughs> no, because that would just result in, in Jack screaming and crying for the whole match because he can't figure out a very simple pun. For those that are unaware, that while, while uh, Alistair thinks of, of a team name, uh, today, as of recording, Jetstream Jack realised that Sonic's pal, Miles Per Hour, is a pun <laughs> for Miles Per Hour. The Sonic turns 30 years old this year. <laughs> and all this time that it's been out, he has not noticed this very, very simple pun, and it's driven me crazy all day. Like, I thought he was joking, and then the, the subsequent tweets following realised he is not joking at all with this. I, I knew he, he he's not the sharpest tool in the shed, but this this takes the cake. Oh, just... So your entrance seems knuckles rap. I think we can we can, yeah. we can guarantee that. Um, yeah. uh, also... I did mention. I mentioned to him that if he's Jetstream Jack, I wanted to be Airstream Alistair. So oh, I think, I think nice. that would make us the streamers. Money. There we go. Money on the table, right there. The streamers, <laughs> Airstream and Jetstream. <laughs> you can get uh, go faster stripes on your gear and everything. Yeah get the Twitch logo and, like, modify it. Yeah, make it like a skull instead. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, between, money there. between that and uh, Debbie Downer, we've, we've got some ideas yeah. all ready to go for when the show's return. 
so, so yeah, the streamers with the knuckles wrap. There's also a video that Jack made me aware of of uh, of you and Rob Mills and Jack uh, singing Pokemon tunes. Uh, was it Pokemon or was it Power Rangers? I want to say it was. Uh, I want to say it was Pokemon. But now, now, and you start with a P. <laughs> if it's the one with uh, Rob Mills hitting a random splash onto me, then it was definitely Power Rangers. It was Power Rangers. It was Power Rangers because Jack was saying that he, he knew like all the tunes up until I can't remember, Wild Force maybe. Yeah. Uh, so, so, uh, <laughs> I don't know uh, where I was going with that. It just popped into my head now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everybody has that kind of niche thing that not too many people like, but you like for some reason. Uh, Power Rangers is that one for me. Like, so many people like the original show, but I kind of kept up to date with every single iteration of that show up until the current one, which uh, not a lot of people can say. Definitely not. I, I think I tapped out maybe three or four in. Uh, I yeah. remember I remember Zio and um, I probably I can probably say it in Jack's one. I've totally forgot what how far I got. Yeah. I remember Zio. I remember uh, some stuff with Tommy coming back as the Gold Ranger. Mm -hmm. But this is where I make a lot of people hate me and say I think Mighty Morphin is one of the worst seasons overall of the whole show. I would judge you, but I've only seen three, three seasons. <laughs> or three different iterations of the Power Rangers. Yeah. But I still got a little Thunderbolt, which nice. everyone thinks it's the Flash, and I've just stopped correcting Aww. people now. <laughs> but it's 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 supposed to be Power Rangers, and yeah, everyone goes, oh, you like the Flash? No. <laughs> Power Rangers. Clearly. Um, <laughs> right, so you'll probably max out my knowledge very quickly then, but who's your favourite mm. Power Ranger? Oh, man. Uh, do I have to pick from Mighty Morphin or can it be uh, any? It could be any, but I'll know who okay. they are if you pick some of the first couple, but any. Any, go for okay. it. Okay, well, it's uh, it's the Red Ranger from Power Rangers Wild Force. I actually have his helmet, the, his whole costume... I'm going to pull back the curtain, but if anybody's seen the Red Ranger in Reckless Intent, that was me. Uh, right, so, so um, it's, uh, this is SWM podcast with the Red Ranger now. That's, that's yeah. just changed my mind. There we go. Uh, that's... I think if I move my camera over here, you can see them, the, the helmets. Oh, man. That is a Wild Force and Ninja Storm next to each other. I thought I had the coolest bit of merch with him on here, but that's just... <laughs> I so want a, a Power Rangers mask. I have no idea where I'd put it. I've got a guarantee that if it arrives in the post, my wife's going to go, why? Yeah. Why are you about that? <laughs> uh, but that that is amazing. That, that's worth checking out the video alone for those that yeah. are listening to this. Go, go. No, can't say, can, I was going to say, have, come have a look at your helmets. But I thought, no, that's just that's yeah. a weird way to put it. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, so Wild Force, Red Ranger. Yeah, well... <laughs> We can't really mention him too much these days because the actor that played him is currently in jail for manslaughter. So <laughs> I was about to say that because I thought, didn't one of the Red Rangers kill a guy? As soon as you said, I was like, oh, it was that one. <laughs> to clear this up, I like the character, not the actor, just to get that out there. Uh, that, that, that old chestnut, we're, 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 as a wrestling fan, we, we've all had to go through that as well. Yeah. Like, we, we like the character. I don't like them. Uh, yeah. Uh, right. Okay. So that's a weird way to to wrap up the show, but that's where we're going to go with. Uh, yeah, but, that's fitting for me, so that works out. 
Jesus. <laughs> so uh, before we head off, we've got to do the, the usual. Where can people find you on social media? Uh, what's your what's your handles? So you can follow me at the Alistair Adams on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, if that's your thing. Uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. I, I have TikTok now. It's I feel very old yeah. when, I, when I go onto the app. I didn't I didn't need that bit of uh, I didn't need that yeah. in my life as soon as I <laughs> went sure. on and went. Oh God, they're all so much younger than me. And then I've come onto this chat and realised that, that your first WrestleMania was 10 years after my one. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, thank you very much for, for joining me today. Um, I'm really excited. I'm glad that you, you were able to to take part, um, yeah. especially with our little last minute change of time because yeah. I've got a guy doing Windows, uh, which he never finished. <laughs> he finished at like, he finished at 12. Once again, we could have, could have made our original time. Yeah. Uh, but you know, <laughs> You know, you know what luck it'll be. I would have been sitting here and you'd have been heard here and drilling and what have you. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah. It was great fun. I was happy to be here. Yeah. Um, just just as a quick, because again, it kept popping in and out as you were speaking, but um, you were one one of the first outside of Jack uh, wrestlers who did a, a article for us um, mm -hmm. way back in the day. You did your WrestleMania pre uh, predictions. I think oh, it was. yeah. What, what one was that? What WrestleMania was that? I will go find it because it's... Uh, it's a teaser that I don't want to leave to the imagination. I don't know if I still have it, though. So I'll have to... Because uh, do I don't know if, if I just did it in the middle of a clear-out. So for not for any reason, mm -hmm. that was the case. But uh, yeah, might be gone now. Because it's... No, I'll put WrestleMania in. And it's... I'm sure it was uh, Rock. It was, I'm sure it was Rock versus Cena was one of them. One of the matches. It had been that long ago. Yeah, because I'm sure I had the. I'm sure it was Orlando. Because I had like the big sunshine behind it. Mm. Yeah, it must I have been. Know. I will find it. Uh, I'll find it in my drafts. And uh, what, what what I do know about that is near enough. Every one of my predictions was wrong, so that was great. <laughs> that's the best way. I mean, uh, yeah. I've, I've this will be way past recorded, but um, I've, I've challenged Big Benny to to. Uh, a prediction contest for NXT TakeOver through Scottish Wrestling Discussion. And I know I'm going to lose very quickly <laughs> because I, I'm terrible at guessing. Um, right, yeah. I'm finding this. Uh, it's gone. Right, that's upsetting me. I'm going to have to go find it. <laughs> anyway, right. All the way to end the show. But again, thank, thank you very much for, for no, joining us today. And uh, hopefully... I'm blaming you being pure evil for my, my swearing earlier. That's that's what we're going to blame it on. Uh, you've you've seeped through like uh, like a horcrux. And, uh, made well, it that all was evil. the aim to make to make bad things happen. That's it. Perfect way to end it. Thank you very much again. Cheers. No problem at all.